Yes, we're now live on the Real Life Game Changers podcast. I'm here with John Paul Palombo, who is a world-renowned singer-songwriter. Oh, he loves that one. But he has now turned property entrepreneur. And now he's operating in 17 different locations with service accommodation management and also building his own portfolio and going into the hotel business. How freaking awesome is this going to be? here today so uh let's get this uh shared out there we have just hit off the bat oh we've got les brown here live as well yeah we just hit off the bat looks like pictures videos and everything from the real life awards are everywhere jp is an award-winning property investor himself or a property entrepreneur yeah let's get to the mark page and let's share this thing out there now um somebody won some amazing um merchandise just in time for christmas last time do you know how they won what they did is they shared this podcast on whatever stream or outlet they're watching it and they tagged at least 10 people then we do a little prize draw at the end you know this time we want to give a potluck uh or a lucky dip or a goodie bag or a stocking we want to give away some merchant it's either going to be some merchandise maybe it's a book maybe it's even free coaching yeah so to be into a chance to win some of that then give us a share so let us know you've shared it it helps our team find it easier so that you make sure you make it into the prize draw and tag at least 10 people guys go ahead and do that now go ahead and do that now yeah i'm watching this myself let's get this uh, shared out there jp because this is going to be an awesome awesome session we're, not, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship we're going to talk about business we're going to talk about building teams we're going to talk about service accommodation because it's hot to trot right now in the market but there's also a lot of garbage out there a lot of people saying hey look at my mentees i'm making x y and z money and all the rest of it we're here to give you some real testimonials some real success stories of how you add 50k 50k's worth of profit to your monthly business monthly yeah to your business who fancies a bit of that put it in the comments if you fancy a bit of that yeah and why we do that jp you know a lot of people are going to know you from the real life uh, community obviously but let's just give people the heads up who give give the highlight reel who was jp growing up how did he get into the singer songwriter industry and how did he end up as a property <laughs> entrepreneur Oh my God. Well, yeah, good evening, everyone. So uh, I, I didn't think you were going to say from growing up from zero, but yeah, I mean, I uh, I grew up in trusty and uh, very uh, thrifty environment in Yorkshire. So I'm a Yorkshire man uh, with a Scottish father and a Yorkshire mother, which is awesome. Um, and I was always into two things, graphics and, you know, graphic design. This is going through the school and model making and building little, uh, whatever, you know, little models, whatever we were doing at that time, and music, and those are my two passions. And then that, that kind of kicked into being a, a musician, and a, um, I went to study as an architect. So they're my two paths in life. And then I eventually became a full-time musician as I was living in London for a while, had the best, just best memories of my life, touring and singing and recording and writing and you know, I was singing at that time in, in rehearsal rooms with some people now that are multi, multi-platinum artists. So that was really cool. Um, I do miss music, but I did step away from it because I felt I want to give business a go. I want to really get into something slightly different than, than music. I, uh, what's it, what, what's the word? I sort of got myself comfortable for about five years, earning good money in an events career, 
learned a lot about marketing, learned a lot about big brands, Samsung especially. I, I used to take Samsung around the country um, and also around the world with some, you know, some jobs as well. And we used to do all of their marketing. And it was at that point somewhere when someone started to ask me on a Samsung event about property, I thought, what am I doing? Everyone comes to me to talk about property and ask for advice. And I'm a fake. I've got nothing. I got nothing to show for it other than I'm doing a couple of buy to lets and didn't really know what I was doing anyway. So I wasn't making any money. It was all coming from, you know, the the event gig. And then I decided to stop being a fake. And I said to myself, pretend you know nothing. Just assume you know zero. So everything that I know, put it to the side. If I knew zero, what would I do? Well, I'd probably read a book or I'd go to a networking so in 2017, 18, that's what started to happen. And um, yeah, kind of got in touch with uh, different networking events in 2019, one of which I met a certain individual at, and that certain individual was going to another networking event, which was the Real Life Tribes Network. And that is uh, brings me right up to 2019, which is where, Mark, I saw you for the first time. I went to one of the two-day trainings and then I signed up, not really knowing why I was signing up, but I liked the vibe. That's what I said. I liked the vibe. I liked the people. Um, and I thought, you know what, it could help me grow and it could help me build my business. And then, uh, yeah, it brings us all the way through the journey of the tribe, which I'm sure we'll touch on up to now. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. So, so, then, so then you went in and you branched off and you went into service accommodation. Yeah. Why service accommodation? Give us a bit of spiel on that. Yeah, brilliant. So it was when I was doing the events work. So I used to stay away from home with Samsung for, you know, six weeks at a time. And certain times I'd be in a hotel and I'd be cool with that. And I'd be like, it's okay. But when it was a sort of three week plus stay, I was like, oh, this is painful. There's only so many premium in breakfast. There's only, you know, if, it, if we were lucky, it would be the, the cheap version of the Hilton, whatever that one's called. And if we weren't lucky, it would be a travel lodge. So the happy medium was a premium in. And I got very much bored and sick of like, I'm practically living in a premium in. Can you book me a house? Was what I asked of the girl in the office at the time. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll try and find something. This is like 2016, 2017. As we know, service accommodation wasn't really known, but of course there were some people doing it. It was just book me an Airbnb. That was quite, quite a new thing. So it was during that time that I learned what I needed but then as I got into property, I realized that I'm very hospitable anyway. Through music, you're looking after an audience. Through events, you're looking after both a team back of house, but a team front of house as well. You're looking after people all the time in events. And that's what we specialized in. So together with what I just mentioned about me staying in hotels, all of that hospitality sort of love and experience and then I actually met someone who at the time was a complete random meeting. And this girl worked in service accommodation. She said, I don't really care about the job. I'm leaving in, in, in maybe six to 12 months anyway. So I'm just going to tell you everything. So I had a, a crash course on service accommodation, investors, what's the price, how to sort out housekeeping from this person that I met randomly on holiday. <laughs> So all of these three things at the right time came along. And before I knew it, I was like, let's go. Let's do this. Weirdly, Mark, I actually tried to start in HMOs until I realized, why don't I just do one thing and do it well, rather than trying to do two or three. 
Yeah, really good. And and we've had other podcasts and other transformational Tuesday interviews where we've talked about how you then uh, you know struggled for a while, got only a few units, couldn't even take a day off though, and then mm-hmm. now you've really you know whipped it around now and uh, operating in seventeen different locations uh, with uh, lots of uh, different clients now not just your own properties you know you're managing other people's uh, properties as well and um, we're working together with we we launched service accommodation unleashed which the first pilot program went underway and people are getting skyrocketing results you know including myself yeah and including other people as well but here's the funny thing about training and coaching right you know you'd built your business in service accommodation before i even started doing it myself you know so it goes to show that it's the business and it's the entrepreneurial uh principles that that is what's working yeah so guys any questions about how you want to get started how you want to get service accommodation up and running maybe you're in a service accommodation you got some questions we're going to be thick and fast and we're going to be very forthcoming with whatever it is you want to know as you can see from jp's christmas uh, tree there it is christmas we want to give you a christmas special we got by the way the people who are listening at the end maybe uh we can get if my team are around and we get the uh, what's it called? The, the, the little raffle thing going to see who wins. We're going to do that. But all, regardless, I'm going to give away an extra special bonus, which is just insane off the charts, which actually can be worth millions of pounds, but it's worth at least 15 grand. Yeah. So who would like me to give the, away something before the end of this session for 15 grand? Yeah. Let me know in the comments if you want to do that. Yeah. So JP, let's just go into service accommodation. Yeah. I want, I want to say why I like service accommodation. And then I want your view on it. Yeah, let's get into the bones of it. Why I love service accommodation now, and this is one of the strategies that we're growing, is because I came up with a business plan that enables me to add £50,000 of profit onto my business. Yeah, and actually go across many businesses. I also love the fact that because it comes under the commercial um, tax incentives of uh, capital allowance. I like just dropping an essay, which I already got like a buy, you know, a one that I purchased, uh, where I get 30% on the purchase price as a capital allowance and up to 75% on my refurb, which basically I could make £111,000 tax free. Yeah. So, guys, if you're not understanding what capital allowance is, just know it's something to the tune of £111,000 tax free money. That's tax free money. Tax free money. Yeah. That's insane, isn't it? Isn't that insane? You can make 100 grand tax-free. Nobody gets a 100 grand salary is, 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 is getting away without paying at least 40 grand in tax. Yeah, so that's why I like it, JP. But I also love the whole solution for the rent-to-essay. Yeah, and we've popped a few rent-to-essays live with your services as well. So that's why I'm loving it. Yeah, and lots of people are travel traveling and wanting to travel. And it's a, it's a market that is growing forever growing because just more and more people want to travel and more and more people want to move around it's not like the from the 60s to the noughties where like everyone was stationary and you wouldn't leave your village you know like you were born in your village you grow up in your village and you die in your village (laughs) it ain't like that now you know people are international you know and they're going from place to place that's what i love it now why do you love it yeah i was just thinking there first of all where we're all contributing to the success of this website called Airbnb, right? We're all uh, on the coattails of Airbnb, which has just fundamentally changed the way people travel, but it's also met a need for the more millennial type of individual, the the remote worker, the 
you know, traveling to whether it be Europe, America, the, you know, Thailand with a laptop running an online business. Well, you're going to need places to stay for short periods of time. So it's really cool, first of all. That's why I love it, because you can have really nice properties that are kind of sexy. Whereas a buy to let, in my experience, has never really been that sexy. It's always like, oh, tenants in, well, that's done. And we collect our three, four, five hundred pounds a month, you know, net profit. And that's, uh, yeah, not very exciting. So service combination, it's sexy, it's exciting. And we're part of a big, diff, you know, a big movement. The whole globe is changing the way it travels and we're servicing that need or, you know, we're servicing a tiny portion of that need. So I think that's the first thing. It's fun. It's exciting. There are many, many benefits. One being it is very uh, lucrative. It's very lucrative from a cash position, from a cash flow position. Um, you know, I, I was always in, of the belief that I want cash flow rather than long-term assets. Because as soon as I get the cash flow in and I can automate that, then I can start stacking the long-term assets. On properties often, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I want to buy, I want to buy, I want to buy. So particularly, Mark, you mentioned rent to rent. It allows incredible cash flow to then start to generate, you know, a team like I'm doing. Pure stays just ballooned because of the team that we're bringing in. I realize I do less and we could do more business. So then that cash flow keeps ballooning and then you start to stack assets. So it really fits with my personal model of how I wanted to generate the cash and build a business. Um, and also, you know, there's there's probably one more element, which is risk. You're only putting in maybe 10 to 15,000 pounds per deal per five years. So the risk is a lot lower than if I was to say, do what we're actually doing now, which is looking at hotels, looking at B&Bs, looking at big, chunky buildings. Well, if I did that with my first deal and it, you know, it, it became difficult or I hit some financial trouble, it, it can end someone's career very early, that kind of thing. So little and often and you stack and you grow and you build and then you can step up. So I probably um, the, the short version, believe it or not, of why I love yeah. the strategy. Yeah, but let's get into it because like you say, it's very lucrative and it's because uh, a lot of people want to stay in these places and it's short term. So it's higher uh, income, higher revenue. Mm. Um, my business model, we're running about 20% profit margin as well, which is super cool. Uh, and these are just like four or five bedroom houses. Yeah. So we know on a revenue model of around 4,700 on average, this is on average 4,700 revenue. We'll make about 940 pounds uh roughly give or take at 70 percent occupancy yeah so we worked out the 54 of them adds 50k of profit yeah now if each of them are 50 grand 15 grand which some of them are not so we've got some going as little as eight thousand pounds let me know in the comments guys would you love it if you could put eight thousand pounds into a property that's going to cash flow you know 800 to a thousand pounds every single month would you figure out or would you get yourself to the Property Entrepreneur Bootcamp, which, by the way, the next one is in the 2nd and 3rd of February in uh, 2024 in London? Yeah, drop me a message if you want that, by the way, and I can get you a ticket. Actually, we have a portion. There's a small portion of tickets that are free. You know, there's VIP tickets, there's premium tickets, so a small portion that's free. If you want a free ticket, let me know. Yeah, and direct message me, free ticket. Put hashtag free ticket, direct message me, or put it in the comments here, in fact, if you want to have it. Yeah. Now, if you want to learn how to do that, you've got to learn the entrepreneur way. Yeah, service, accommoda service accommodation unleashed 
is what has happened over the last few years, right? JP, when would have been the best time to to invest in service accommodation or start a service accommodation business? Is now the best time or when would it have been the best time? Yeah, 2012 would have been great. <laughs> um, would have been, it would have been awesome. Yeah. And we're recruited, by the way, you know, you know, we recruited JP and, and now JP is helping grow this community with his own excellence. Yeah. He's sourced many deals. I've had a couple of deals, you know, just in the last month or so off JP, you know, it's going to get me loads more. That's right. And it, JP. Yeah. yeah. But, but we'll honestly, <laughs> he can't, can't get them quick enough to us. So we're actually looking for people who we can train, who can go out there and source deals and we pay, pay you two, three, four, five thousand pounds per deal. How cool is that? Who would love to get five thousand pounds, three thousand pounds for, for, for a deal if we teach you how to do it? Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. And um, the market needs more of it, JP. I mean, what's what's your what's your impression on the scope of, you know, Number one, how creative this strategy is, but number two, how far how far can this go into the future? Well, in terms of creativity, I'm going to come at that from an entrepreneur angle. Um, service combination, which I, I definitely we've we've covered this on service combination unleashed with the, the the group. It isn't just about get a property, hand it over to someone, and let it cash flow. Sourcing is a huge way to make cash. If you do it ethically and you do it properly and you find good properties, people will buy them, as you've just mentioned. Staging is another one. So we've got sourcing business and a staging business. Professional interior designers, you know, doing all, everything that a client needs to get from getting the keys to giving the keys to your first guest. That entire process. You can make money if you've got time and expertise in that area. You've got an eye for detail. That's another business. Um, then we've got the management itself. If you want to manage, if you want to create a full-time service combination management business, it is lucrative, pro pro providing you're willing to go big. Okay. And then, of course, there's the properties themselves. So if you take one, Mark, as an investor and you just want to focus on stacking more and more and more, you're going to need the services of sources, of stages, of management, but then you've got the cash flow at the end. So there's four businesses there that I've got within the Pure State environment. And then, of course, you know, there's there's so many other strands. People are desperate to learn or desperate to have someone appraise a deal, not even source it, just appraise a deal. Know the numbers, put the time in, do the research. All of these are cash generating uh, platforms that we as Pure State offer. But it it's a, a way of looking at multiple streams of income, which is something I've always been obsessed with. So it is exciting because it's not just a case of, okay, I've got to do this, then it might take me this long, and then I get this much money. No, there's multiple ways you can get involved in service combination. Yeah, this is beautiful. And um, yeah, another good thing from my perspective as well is, you know, you don't even have to go there. You know, there's people who can source the deals for it, or you can source it remotely. There's people who can go there and stage it and do the, and do the work because they want it because it's their business. And there's people who are going to manage it. Yeah. So like you said, got to be an entrepreneur and all the rest of it, but let's talk of it from a more of a, let's talk of it from a more of a property entrepreneur rather than people getting into management. Unless people have questions about that, let us know. So look, let's build the, let's build a picture here. Who are the people that use service accommodation? Because obviously we've got various strategies based on locations we go for. So fill us in JP, what, what, who are the types of people? What should people be looking out for? 
in terms of clientele that are going to be using this uh, or they're using their service accommodation? So when we say using it, we're referring to guests. Just yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so guests. Well, look, we, we've got two very simple channels when it comes to guests, which gives you a, an A and a B product. Okay, it's not quite as simple as this, but if I was to make it really simple, you could you could have an A product and a B product. So within Pure Stay, our A product, Mark, we're working on one with, with you and your business partners at the minute in Chester. It is a leisure, a corporate, and a contractor higher-end product. So that's what we would call an A product, i.e. Um, we've got a six-bed, six-bath in the middle of Bath. This is not confusing at all, but six-bed, six-en-suite in the middle of Bath City Centre. It is a, a, an A-star product. We've also got a B product, which is maybe not as desirable, maybe not as high-end finish, but is in an area with lots of trade, lots of industry, and lots of business. And that would serve the contractor market. Now, at Pure Stay, we focus predominantly on A products, but when you scale to a certain size, you'll eventually find a line down the middle and go, well, they're naturally B's and they're naturally A's. But if I was starting again, I would always make a decision. What am I, what guest am I looking for? Am I looking for cheap, cheerful, long-term guests, i.e. one month, two months, three months at a time? Or am I looking to go super like high-end attractive one and two night stays? And those one and two night stays might be at a thousand pounds a night versus your, your B product that might be 85 pounds a night, two very different scales. So in terms of your guests, who's looking for it? Yeah. I'd say you've got the leisure and then you've got the business and the business can be split into corporate and contractor. The corporates tend to like the A product, the contractors like the B products naturally because they're cheaper. So yeah, that's a simple way of putting it. Yeah, good. So look, uh, show the universe you're interested. Put a hashtag live if you're watching it live. Put a hashtag replay if you're watching it on the replay. Also, let us know where in the country you're watching it. We can see who's logged on here. Let's see if you uh, want to comment of where you are. And uh, Also, if you want to be in a chance for winning some goodies, which includes you know free coaching, it could be some merchandise, some Christmas goodies, then let us know. Share it. Let us know you've shared it. And then tag at least 10 other people. Tag them, tag them, tag them. And you go into a prize draw uh, to see which prizes you guys are winning. We want to give out multiple prizes to multiple people. But go ahead and do that so we can see. Yeah. So, okay, JP. So what about locations then? Give, a, give us a bit of, you know, what's going on with locations? Where should people, what areas should people be looking in and why? Mm, that's the uh, one of the two big questions that I get asked every single day. Where is hot to go for? Well, really depends on your product, first of all. If you're looking to create high-end leisure retreats, it's going to be very different from creating contractor accommodation um, at a low cost, low nightly rate type thing, but longer stays. So in terms of leisure, very difficult to give you an answer, but make sure there's lots going on. Now, I'm going to give you what Pure Stay does. Pure Stay goes for the hybrid, the A and the B. Every single one of our properties could class as an A product internally. So internally, I want to offer the same as you would get in Bath, in Edinburgh, in Manchester, in Leeds, in Birmingham. It's all the same. Now, what determines sometimes the A versus B is the location. Is Bath better than Basingstoke? Maybe it is. Is Edinburgh better than Doncaster? Maybe it is. 
if I'm looking for a certain thing. Well, if I'm looking for a leisure stay, of course, I'm going to answer yes. But if I'm working at the Amazon factory in Doncaster, then I'm not interested in what you've got to offer in Edinburgh because I need digs where I want to stay. So in terms of um, where, we've got, as you said, Mark, 17 locations, and we're looking at new locations all the time. The big cities are a no-brainer. They're a no-brainer. So down from Edinburgh, Newcastle, Leeds, Manchester, and then sweeping across maybe Nottingham, Leicester, where you you know the real-life tribes of East Midlands focus, so that's a really hot area. Birmingham, then down to Cheltenham, Gloucester, Bath, Bristol. All as I'm doing is I'm going down the UK and then, of course, across to London, across to Cardiff. So you've got these major touch points, major cities. They're really good hybrid products. Really, really good if you want to get high end, but you also want to make sure you've got enough bedrooms and beds to serve the contractor market as well as the weekend leisure market. Now, if you said, no, I'm, I'm specifically looking at holiday let, that depends on what you want to offer as a product. Do you want the seaside? Do you want middle of nowhere so you've got hot tubs, you can have parties, all of that stuff? Yeah. Really is how long's a piece of string with the leisure question. Love it. So let's just clear it up a little bit for people as well. Um, you don't just have to decide on one product, do you? Absolutely not. No. Again, this is back to that entrepreneurial question. So can I give you what I teach in SAU? Is that a couple sure. of minutes on that? Yeah, so the very first call, I think it was, with this current group, I said, you are the shopkeeper. And you are the shopkeeper to your shop, which is your SA business. And in your shop, you've got to decide which products do I stock on my shelf. And at no one time should you have one single product, even if it's selling well, because there will become a time that nobody wants to buy that product right now. So you've got to choose two, three, sometimes even four different products in your shop. So you as the shopkeeper, why don't I get some leisure properties, high-end, multiple bedrooms, hot tubs? That'd be one product. Then I might get four bedrooms plus in trade areas, contractor areas. You know, let's say there's HS2. That was a, that, that was a big conversation last year. Obviously, it's slightly changed. But HS2, Birmingham downwards, is still a big conversation. Lots of contractors for lots of different projects for many years. Contractor digs would suit that. Well, a third product might be a city or apartment. Everyone likes to go to Leeds. Everyone likes to go to Manchester, Birmingham. You know, I already named a few, but anywhere that's got value, Bath, London, all of those places. Two-bedroom apartment on the doorstep of restaurants, bars, shopping, always going to, you know, book out and sell, providing the price is right, you'll make a good profit. So there's three products alone. And then again, with Pure Stay, and we just partnered with KDA, so myself, Dom and Kate are going to be looking at a fourth product, which is even different again, which is buying up the B&Bs and the apart hotels and the bigger hotels, or should I say the smaller hotels and the bigger B&Bs um, to turn them into automated serviced accommodation. So multiple units on one side. So variation in your product is how you then are running your business. And that's the difference. You're not buying a buy to let and letting it, you know, just cook in the background whilst you chase your next one. You're actually running, running a hospitality business with different offerings and products. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, imagine if you could add 50K net profit, yeah, 
per month to your business from stacking sometimes one and two beds, but really the jackpot's around four to five beds. Imagine what you can do when you start banging a few units together. Yeah. Now, because it comes, and when I say mean units, I mean like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. Like there was an eleven unit one done near an airport. This thing's revenue is like two hundred grand a year. Can you imagine if you generate two hundred grand a freaking year? Yeah. But here's the thing, you know, because it's a commercial, the purchase price, which was around four hundred, thirty percent of that can be a capital allowance. And then because it was already a and b it didn't need a lot of structural changes or anything like that. So it's only like 130000 for the refurb. Yeah, but that's up to 75% of that can be also claimed as a capital allowance. So imagine you type this out, guys. Guys, oh, my God, you're watching. 400000 by the way. Yeah, so times 30%. Yeah, is already one hundred twenty grand tax-free. Yeah, and then you spend like, you know, 140 on it up to 75%. Is another 105 so basically you can make 200 nearly quarter of a million you can make nearly of a quarter of a million pounds off one property tax free now who cares guys if that takes you you know one year or two years or three years or four years if it's all tax free you know you're better doing this than working in a corporate job that paid you quarter of a million pounds in 10 years you'd, you'd be better off doing this you know, even if it even 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 if that took you ten years, because you probably keep that amount of money, yeah. And and that's just off one property. Can you imagine if you got two or three or four of these bad boys that are now you know raking in that money? And by the way, then you can refinance it, pull money out as well. Especially the old B and Bs, JP. You say so you're going into J, uh, uh, you know, doing a partnership and around that is like because these have already got books for their previous years. Mm. These can be refinanced as soon as your project's done yeah and, and we've seen this happen and we've taught yeah by the way who's interested in service accommodation put it in there put it in the chat who wants to add this to their to their bow who would love to who's just starting out as well like just give us a bit of background of who, who you are because i tell you what not just on this podcast we'll give you more content you know if you tell us i'm just starting out what do i do when i'm starting out or and i'm already in it here's my question so let us know what questions you've got yeah, Tracy, let us know what questions, let us know, you know, where you're at, you're just starting out or something. And then uh, we can answer your questions in here. Yeah. So yeah, Alex wants to do it. Dylan wants to do it. Tracy wants to do it. Yeah. So uh, I know Owen wants to do it. It's already doing it. Yeah. Uh, Joanne, I think you said you wanted to do it as well. Dudley. Right, let, me just, let, let me just throw in there on this tax thing, because it is, it is a very sensitive uh, subject with service accommodation. And I think if I was to say, you know, being a support network, being a group where either it's me leading it or even another group, whatever, but being a group because tax can catch you out with service accommodation because the revenue is so damn high. You generate so much money. I'm not saying your profit, you're generating so much money. It depends on how you run your business. But there are ways to structure service accommodation businesses to handle that, you know, to handle it all. So it's not just about capital allowances. It's not just about... The tax-free, we are going to pay some tax. We are going to even be liable to VAT. Now, all of this, you do not want to get stung two years down the line, three years down the line going, what? I didn't know. You want to be in a support network with people like me that have had these lengthy conversations with my accountant for multiple months and years at a time of how we structure this thing 
depending on the size you want to go to. So I just wanted to pick that up because it's right that we um, there are tax benefits, but there is also VAT applicable. So it is a seesaw of balance of how you, again, you're creating a hospitality business. You're not doing property investment only. So yeah, the way I'm, the way, yeah, you're, you're, dead, you're dead right, yeah? And like, you know, I ain't going to do, because you know, what people do is, why, why do people do podcasts? They do podcasts so, you know, they can add value to people and eventually come and buy their products, right? That's why anyone ever does a podcast, you know, let's face it. So rather than, you know, just pretend to be like that, I'll be straight here. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I'm talking to people like, guys, you've got to go and get the right training. You've got to get get the right coaching. You've got to get mentoring. You've got to be around people who are doing it, already successful doing it. And that's why I want to come on here and, uh, you know, interview game changers like JP. Um, who have gone through the training, who have gone through their business journey and the twists and the turns and realize what don't work. And let's face it, what don't work is not getting trained. <laughs> yeah, not getting coached. Yeah, that, that's what don't work. And what does work is is having people by your side, having a network of people and uh, accountability, I would say. Yeah, because all this stuff can look all nice and all the rest of it. Uh, and like I said before, there's a lot of people out there saying, hey, look, my mentee got this £1,000 or whatever it is and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, but we're talking about big money. We're talking about 10K, 20K, 30K. We're talking about big business. We're talking about uh, service accommodation is like one of your streams of revenue. It's one of your strategies. Yeah, it may be the one you start with and run for maybe a year or two. Maybe it's alongside what you're already doing. There's many people already doing that, like myself and all the people in the Real Life Tribe who are doing that. So, yeah, absolutely, it's key to make sure you're getting the right advice. But that's another thing. This whole capital allowance thing and the tax thing, it's not really down to your accountant. You know, like the bog standard accountant, even property accountants, no disrespect to them. Yeah, but like this capital allowance thing is a niche. It's a speciality Yeah, that you're going to want the right advice and the right people to be able to do that. And we have those experts, you know, in our masterminds that we bring in in our private community. Yeah, but let's get let's get on to this then, JP. So, you know, what is the best thing to do to kind of balance the book in a service accommodation business? Talk about the seasonality of it. What happens? Are there going to be some times where my properties are not making money or am I only breaking even? And how do I handle that? Yeah, good question. Well, so we've got our A and B products and straight away more leisure happens in spring, summer and autumn. It just does. And if you've got certain areas, Christmas, which obviously is winter, is popular as well. But that does leave January, February, March that can be slower with leisure bookings. It also leaves these weird pockets of time, like November is often very quiet for certain areas. So you've always got to be thinking cash flow and you've always got to be forecasting as well as looking back. It's, it's a very data-driven um, business area or strategy, if that makes sense. So in terms of the B product, let's call it, so the contractors, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I just do contractors. There's a lot of benefits to this. One, there's less voids. There's a lot longer bookings, two, three, four, five months, 12 months, 18 months. You know, we see inquiries coming in, 18 month long bookings, six people, they need a room each. And then you see the number attached to it. I mean, I'm not going to float anything out there, but I seen a booking the other day for over one million pound and they were looking for the right properties. And you're thinking, Jesus, one million pound. And it was about a 14 month booking. So, it is a balance. It's always a balance. And this is what I help 
plot with people. Again, as a service within Pure Stay, we sit with people as a consultant and we say, well, what is the end goal and how are you looking to get there? Because you don't want to stack a load of holiday lets on the seaside because come the end of summer, even now, they'll be sat empty. I know locations that just shut down completely and we'll all, we'll all have been to the seaside out of season and gone, nothing is open. You know, you walk the dog or whatever, you're just there for the day, but no one's staying overnight, no one's paying big money. So if you're going seaside or you're going leisure, you've got to be careful. Contractor, however, is less about seasonality. All right, it does slow down a little bit in January, let's say, or it slows down more so mid-December to mid-January. That's the pocket of time. We're about to enter a very dead pocket of time when it comes to contractors. Um, but that's more about location and the property itself. That's more about how many bedrooms, how many beds have I got, uh, how many individual you know people can I sleep. A lot of people don't want to share beds, never mind share bedrooms. So um, really tough one. But what I would say, Mark, is it's a balance. It's understanding your shop as the shopkeeper. And it's forecasting when this product is quiet, I need this one to ramp up. And when this one quietens down and this one ramps up, but it's still taking a while, I've got a third one over here because this kicks in at this, not just the dates, but also different types of, you know, uh, guest or circumstance or whatever. So, yeah, uh, I hope that answers the question. I think. Yeah, beautiful. And you just reminded me as well, you know, the whole capital allowance thing, people are always asking, what about my existing business? You know, what if I've got some buy to lets? What if I've got some HMOs? What if I'm doing flips? This type of thing. Again, you can get very creative and have these. Uh, I'm just got, I've been going through a big consolidation uh, project, let's call it, lately, yeah, over the last 12 months. Yeah. And the consolidation is how do I get lean? How do I get better? And that's why service accommodation came on the radar. Like, how do I just do what I've already been doing, but do it better? You know, it takes less time. It takes less less gas, you know, less effort. Why? Because every, like most of the things are already in place. I so just want to do it better. Yeah. So this is this is great strategy for existing property investors already. They've probably already built a few million pounds worth, which is plenty of people who is coming to the real life tribe. You know, even within the first twelve months, you know, these guys are hitting two, three million pounds, uh, especially by two years, three years, four years. They're already getting close to the ten million pound mark. Yeah, of assets. Now, when these assets starts generating income, you can then massively boost that with service accommodation, but then start to get more tax efficient with it all. Yeah, and this is what I love. And then obviously you've got the team. Like you said, with service accommodation, the good thing about it is, is, is to go big. It's to go big. And it's like hedging. You've got more units in different locations. You know, we've spread in our locations out already across the country, which was much easier to do than it was with HMOs because I've got to have, you know, build teams in every different areas and I've got to have different relationships where with this, I just got one relationship and uh, the different locations can happen. You know, the yeah. different locations can start sprouting up and the income can come in. So let us know if you've got any questions about service accommodation before we start wrapping this bad boy up. Yeah. But also don't forget to share this. Let us know that you shared it. We're going to be giving more Christmas goodies out and uh you're going to a prize draw if you share it and you tag at least 10 people so go ahead and do that you know so i just want to quickly talk and let people know jp just like where you started actually london you came to london i remember you came to heathrow in 2019 yeah mm. so we're going to be in london on the second and third of uh february for the property entrepreneur boot camp 
Yeah, I think you went to real life property wealth. So this boot camp now is more tuned for business and property entrepreneurs uh, to add value to their existing businesses. If you're already in business, using property as a vehicle, but also if you're just starting out, use property, create a solid foundation, generate the income. So then you've got the time to do what it is you love or quit your job or start another business or whatever it might be. Yeah, but use real estate as that solid thing. So JP, what would your advice be for people who are starting out? Maybe they're, you know, in corporate jobs, you know, maybe they were doing what you were doing, yeah, traveling around. Like what should be some of the first moves that people make, you know, so they can start building their confidence and seeing results? Build your confidence. I would get to know the industry and get to know the products and get to know and just submerge. Like that's one thing I'm, you know, personally on reflection, I was very good at is I just got all in, just submerged, become obsessed. Like anything, if you become obsessed with it, 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 it doesn't feel like work. Like, oh my God, I've got to do this. It feels like, you want to jump out of bed. You don't want to go to bed because you use more to absorb. So that's what I would say first and foremost, get hungry, get really hungry, absorb everything, books, podcasts, YouTube, trainings, um, you know, anything, anything you can get into, just get into it. So if you service accommodation, Mark, you and I have the service accommodation unleashed. I want to put on a couple of live days as well, regular live days so we can get people in a room and we can fast track this thing. Because ultimately, you just need to put time in. That's it. You just need to get obsessed and you need to put time in. But there's probably one step back on a personal development journey, which is focus. you got to focus. If service accommodation is your thing, don't make it one of three that you do this year. Make it the one. If, you, if you've got two other things that you're cooking alongside it, then leave it on the shelf for a bit. Do it next time. But I would say focus big on one thing. Get obsessed with it. Achieve what you want to achieve with it, and then you'll know when there's a time to go, okay, I can take on more. I can do more things, whether that's another strategy or I can do just like variation or I can start another business. That is literally how I've done it. I stacked my uh, service combination properties. I outsourced everything else. Okay, so I outsourced everything else. And then as I was unhappy in certain areas, I was like, well, I could do it better. So we created the brands or the staging uh, even the sourcing, that's how sourcing happened. I was sourcing, I was also looking at other deals, I was like, I could do better than this. So you just, you'll see where uh, once you become obsessed, once you get going, the wheels start to turn, the wheels start moving. Um, there is no one answer, I don't think, other than that, it's just submerge and get obsessed. But then, as we know, you've got to take the action. you got to take the action. So, Mark, we're going through this at the minute with SAU. We're at a point now where the education is becoming stronger. People know how to appraise deals. They know how to find their own deals. They know how to number crunch very quickly. And then the, uh, uh, what is it? Morality uh, can set in sometimes because you're so scared to be just nudged off the cliff. But get yourself in a group, Get whether it's a training group or just an accountability group where you're setting yourself targets and someone's checking in every week every other week and might that's a perfect link into coaching because I, I believe coaching massively holds you accountable to say where are we up to did you do what you were going to you know say you were going to do um so that's it really i don't think there's a magic source here other than dedication focus and be held accountable that's the top three love it yeah what's the question here uh last question before we uh, wrap this up what are some uh, channel managers to not use and why? 
And what's the best one you've used? Yeah, cheers, Ryan. Yeah, Channel Manager, for those who don't know, is a way to not be double booked, triple booked, whatever. So if you're listed on booking.com, Airbnb, Verbo, Google, and you have your own direct, direct booking website as well, and one night, let's say New Year's Eve, gets booked on booking.com, it then blocks out all of the other calendars immediately. All of your messaging goes through your channel manager. So if I message my channel manager's uplisting at the minute, I will message in that inbox and it will go out to whoever the booking or wherever that booking is, booking.com, Google, direct, whatever. Um, it's a really difficult question. I actually had a debate with someone in um, one of the service combination Facebook groups. There's very few experts on which channel manager is best because a, a lot of people just use one and either are happy with it, so stay with it, or they move to a second one. So most industry people have only ever used one, two, maybe I'd say three, unless you're in the reviewing or blogging or YouTube content uh, space. I use Uplisting. It's very easy. It's very easy to scale. However, I am about to leap over to HostAway. And the reason is we've just got to a size and a scale where what Uplisting offers me doesn't really meet the standards that another one can offer me. So I've moved to HostAway. They're a global um, brand. Uplisting are becoming global as well, but they're just much, uh, you know, much more startup. Um, but I would say it really depends on your needs. Keep it simple. Use something like Uplisting if you're starting out. It's very simple. You don't need to complicate it. It automates a lot of it. And... As you scale, you'll know your needs and wants, so you can choose as you scale up. Hopefully that helps, Ryan. Nice. Got another question here. Do you always use Price Labs, or is there an alternative? Um, there is Beyond Pricing, if you want an alternate to Price Labs directly. Um, I do always use Price Labs at the minute. Am I 100% happy with it? I'd say no. Am I 100% competent on it? That's also debatable. So I have people in my team that are better for, you know, better with price labs. I just know the market and the areas kind of got a good feel for it. So I manipulate price labs to deliver what I want it to say. Be very careful with software is what I would say. They promise you they do all of this and that and whatever. But at the end of the day, they make mistakes. They can really miss out on some big golden uh, dates because in service accommodation, i use an example. If Ed Sheeran is playing in a concert in Manchester, you do not want your prices that weekend to be the same as they were before Ed Sheeran turned up because the demand factor will three, four, five hundred percent increase. So you've got to find the increase in your price to be competitive. Price Labs may claim that it'll pick that up, but it will not pick it up like the human eye will pick it up to go, well, hold on. He's at that price. She's at that price. So I'm going to go at this price. So I, I do use Price Labs. Uh, Tim, I think that question was from. I do use Price Labs, but it is an assistant to you doing the pricing, in my opinion. Some people may go the opposite and say, no, I just let it do its thing. But for me, it is the assistant. Fantastic. Well, great job. Thank you uh, for coming on here, JP. Always a pleasure to tap into your knowledge and have it spread across the globe. I think there's some tired eyes still from uh, catching up with the sleep after the Real Life Awards that we had across the weekend. So, guys, stay tuned for that content that's going to be coming out. What an extremely awesome uh, day it is to just hang around with freaking awesome people who are just creating success. So, um, yeah, I think you gave us your takeaway. So the only last question I have for you, JP, is uh, we have a saying in our community. 
Yeah, it says you've got to do the right thing for the right reason. Why is that? Because it's the only way, I want to say, to reach your true potential. That's it. Thank you for watching, everybody. Take care. We'll see you soon. And as JP said, do the right thing for the right reason because it's the only way you discover your true potential.